by having a new thought and think, well, what in the world would it feel like to do opposite of that self-limiting belief? Well, maybe I'd make a choice to take a new action. And then all of a sudden that action was this new experience that your body gets to store. And it was like, that felt good. Um, That felt real good, right? Um, And now that sparks new thoughts again. So I say the clear intention around who you don't want to be, who you do want to be, understanding where you're at and then, and then applying energy to it and taking action on it, right? I get overwhelmed. I got all these ideas. And then Mm. my one friend always told me is action dispels overwhelm. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, take an action right away in that moment. Welcome to the Mentally Shredded Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Whedon. Having lived through the lows of depression and anxiety myself, I reestablished my foundation by focusing on four pillars, mental, physical, spiritual, and financial well-being, and I'm here to help you do the same. My guests and I will share our journey with you, stories of triumph, and personal development tools to empower you to live a life without limits. As ambitious people, we know what it's like to face challenges. We're not meant to do this life alone. I'm here to help you take your power back. What's up? What's up? This is the Mentally Shredded Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Whedon, and I'm here with a good friend of mine, Pat Smith, a men's mindset coach. What's going on, Pat? Hey, how you doing? Doing well, bro. Doing well. Had to go get that early morning workout in and make sure I was ready for this session. Yes, great minds think alike. I just did the same. Yeah, man. I, I figured I haven't even dove I... into my shake yet. So, yeah. <laughs> well, definitely. Um, definitely dive into the shake. Um, anytime I sit down with you, I'm always like, bro, we're about to get shredded. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on, man. I'm excited to share the world with you and, and learn from you as well. Sure. I appreciate you having me on. I was, um, I was just thinking about you because I held an event last week and we actually used the event space at uh, Sugar Creek Brewery. So I was right next to uh, you know, a CrossFit spot. So it reminded me of our event when we were there a few months ago that you held. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to to announce what's coming with that soon. So, oh, oh right on. Um, we'll 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 definitely talk. We'll definitely talk. But yeah, man, thank you for for being here. Uh, we're gonna dive in. Obviously, this is mentally shredded. It's all about mindset and mental health, personal development, challenging each other to be our best selves. So, let's talk a little bit about who Pat Smith is real quick, you know, like, yeah, we know you're a mindset coach, but how did all of this come to be? Yeah, it was a long process, long journey. Um, I'd say early on, just as a kid, I think I dealt with a lot of stuff with um, maybe my parents splitting up pretty early and then me being the kid at home who I just get off the bus and then I'm kind of on my own for even just a little bit, not long, but, you know, having to be independent. And so I kind of took that brunt of um, of everything for myself. And then as I got into middle school, I just kind of, I would say I kind of got into some wrong crowds and where I was so super focused on sports, that was a great thing for me. But then at the same time, I was maybe pushing away my emotions unbeknownst to me as a, you know, early teen. Right. And so 
as I developed pretty much through middle school, high school, and then into college, I really started to deal with a lot of anxiety, but I wasn't cognizant and realizing that also my drug and alcohol use that started very early on could have played a role in that because I was too naive to know that. And being a teenager or in high school, I knew everything. So there was no one to tell me, oh, you should probably stop doing this and maybe your anxiety would go away. But no one even knew that I had the anxiety, right? From the outside looking in, I played sports. I got good grades. I was one of the, what I thought was the cool kid fitting in, you know, partying, doing everything. But in the, in the back seat was this constant looming of comparison, of judgment, of not feeling like I was uh, better than some people. Like I felt like I was like, you know, less than I was feeling this feelings of lack. And so it really came to a head when I left college and I was realizing that, you know, I was definitely dealing with addiction, uh, you know, between it started with just weed. And then of course, then it's weed and pills and then alcohol. And now you got weed pills and alcohol. And now you're doing hard drugs in college. And it's like, everybody's like, oh, that's just partying. But looking back when it's six days a week and the seventh day is just because you slept all day. Well, I would say that's, you know, it's a pretty clear indication. So when I finally kind of came to was when I had a tragic event that I had a close family member pass away. And I realized that my trajectory in life was, you know, what they always say, you know, you're either going to be dead or in jail. And I was like, well, I already been in jail once at that point. So, you know, am I going to, is the next thing next? And I, and I didn't want that to happen. So I started to really try to reinvent myself and noticing that I think I read a book and they were just talking about, or no, I went to school to get a holistic nutrition degree. And they were talking about, yeah, you can eat as much as you want or eat as well. And as much as you want, you can work out. But if you're stressed or you're feeling mentally exhausted, it's actually going to hinder all of that. And so I was thinking, well, I've been dealing with that for 10 plus years. So what do I do to change it? That's when I really started to learn. This was back in 2016, really started to learn about meditation, journaling, mindset, stress reducing techniques, actually taking care of my sleep. And so I started to deep dive into that a lot. And I went back to school in uh, 2017 and got my nutrition certification, which was uh, more of a well-rounded nutrition certification. And when that happened, I realized I started teaching and consulting individuals for nutrition and helping with nutrition. And sure, that was a great thing to help them with. And they started to see results. But I also saw a lot of clients who would get results and then they'd fall right back off. And so I was thinking like, what am I doing wrong as a coach to help them? And then when I started to realize that 95% of who we are pretty much by the time we're 35 and it builds up as we go is our subconscious mind and running on autopilot. So I'm thinking, well, how do you get into that? Well, unbeknownst to me, I had been doing that for a while with meditation and that's some of the ways I started to reinvent myself. And when I really learned that process is when I've stepped in to move away from just solely nutrition and more on mindset. And the reason being is I realized that our brain is involved with every single thing we do. So if we can get that to match our intentions, if we can match our brain set, brain and mindset to match our actions, that's when the true change starts to come. And it's not just a quick fix. It becomes more of a lifestyle. So it's been an evolution for me because I've had my own personal growth and journey and having to go from super uh, never really even knowing what a stable mindset was because I was never truly sober to actually now feeling what it feels like to be truly sober and then also be able to help other individuals through that and see myself in them 
And that's what kind of really brings me the pride in the work I do now, because it's really interesting to see how unconscious and how unaware and a lot of individuals are, including myself at one point. So being able to be that person to help them with the catalyst for true change in their life personally or professionally is, you know, is my purpose now that I'm doing it full time. I love that. I love that. So that, that is a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what can you, can you pinpoint like a specific moment that made you say, all right, Pat, this is enough. Like, yeah, if we don't change. Like, like you said earlier, you went to that funeral, like you're either dead or in jail. Like, was that the moment where you were like, okay, it's time to make changes? Or was there something else that kind of led you? It was kind of that three month span. It's funny because everything in life, it seems like comes full circle. So right now I'm in Charlotte in North Carolina. I've lived here for going on two years now, but in 2016, my cousin was already living here and he was the closest cousin out of 17 that I have on my mom's side. And we're all guys with the exception of one. So when we get together, it's, you know, it's a cool thing to be around. And he was from Michigan and he lived here and he was like, quit your job, come down here, quit your job, come down here. And I'm like, you know what? What do I got to lose? I was 23 at the time. I had saved up a bunch of money, quit my job, drove down here. And he was on a work trip and he was going to come back and meet me at the apartment that we signed a lease for. And unfortunately, he got in a uh, he got killed in a car accident. And that's the funeral that I had to go to. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I went back to Indiana. Well, I thought I was moving on to a new chapter in my life coming to North Carolina. And then I go right back to my old ways and I had saved up all this money and I'm back in Indiana with all the same old people that I always hung out with. So you can only imagine a lot of money as a 23 year old in the summer, already quit my job. What am I going to do for three months straight? Well, you know, it's pretty easy to figure that one out. And when that all ended and I didn't have any money and I had to get a job, I was like, oh shit, like I actually have to take responsibility for being an adult, you know, this partying and all this other stuff that was once... I thought great was actually me hindering me from my progress. And when all that ended, when my money was gone, when I had to step into the real world and get a job again and like let go of all those old habits is really when the mindset shift. And I really went on this personal transformation journey for the past six years now, cause I turned 30 last year. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we, we you touched on removing something that was hindering you. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's talk about, how you prevent old habits from coming mm. in today, yeah. right? Because we we do live in Charlotte. We know there's a bar on every corner and they keep adding new ones. But I will say about Charlotte, they add a gym to every bar. So that's yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's pretty fair. Yeah, I'd say there's I think like a, a few main things. One, first and foremost is I had to be lonely at times because a lot of the individuals that I was associated with or that I was around, I could still be around, but I had to not be around them as much. And if I knew I was going to fall into the peer pressure, then I just had to kind of, I had to overcome that, that FOMO, you know, everybody's like fear of missing out being with old friends. And I just realized that that wasn't the direction I was trying to go. So I had to really pay attention to who I was being around and what I was spending my time doing. So that inventory piece and creating conscious awareness was the first thing. Secondly, I had to find habits that were going to replace those other habits, right? I couldn't just all of a sudden stop all this and then sit at home. So it was a lot of reading, a lot of podcasting, working out, 
you know, learning as much as I could, getting out in nature, which I feel I really got disconnected from as I got into this, you know, addiction thing. I totally forgot that how healing and uh, a medicine nature is. So like all of those things really helped. So I kind of eliminated, not eliminated certain people in my life, but made sure I wasn't in those positions so I could develop this habit and strengthen this other muscle in my mind. And then the last one was that I felt that really set it apart was the meditation because like I mentioned earlier, I had developed these ways over the past 10, 15 years. Do you think they were just going to go away like that? And so I would try to stop for a few weeks and then all of a sudden I would default right back. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Well, when I realized that I had to go deeper and I had to go into my subconscious mind, that's when I had to like kind of rewrite those old habits. And so I always think of it as an an analogy, like I had a virus going on essentially in my brain. And so if you have a virus on your computer, then you need to uninstall that software, right? But then you need to reinstall that software. And when we're in our conscious mind, like we are right now, there's so much other information coming in. We're seeing stuff, smelling stuff, hearing stuff. You can't put in new information because so through meditation, you really slow, slow down your brain waves to be able to get into that more suggestible, almost a hypnotic state. So what was once, uh, these are my thoughts, beliefs, and patterns that were running me. I can actually, in that state, then tell myself, hey, I actually want to feel confident. I actually want to feel what it feels like to be healthy. And because your brain can just search through and make this image more real than anything else, it starts to change, and it did change, my biology, my neurocircuitry, the hormones, my gene expression, all just through thought alone. And when I realized that, I'm like, okay, I'm double dipping in the work because once I do the physical activity and the journaling and I'm out in nature, that's great. But then how can I do it even deeper with the meditation? And so now I was double dipping in establishing that habit to make it more common, more automatic, more normal. Otherwise, if I was just doing everything, I would say externally, then I wasn't fixing what was internal. So I never really got to change what was actually holding me back. So those three things, you know, the community, you know, community aspect of it, finding new ways to habits externally, and then also going inward to rewrite those a little bit were all the main components, I think, to developing a true habit. Looking for a consulting firm that can help your organization achieve its full potential? Look no further than Deck Leadership. With over 25 years of experience in NASCAR, founders Mike Metcalf and Sean Pete know what it takes to lead high-performing teams. They can help you uncover opportunities for diversity, efficiency, culture, and kindness, all while inspiring human brilliance. And if they can lead pit crews that can change four tires and fill 18 gallons of gas in less than 12 seconds, just imagine what they can do for your organization. Visit www.deckleadership.com for more information. Reprogramming your mind. I love mm-hmm. that. So I know people are going to hear this and be listening. They're like, okay, like it, he made it sound so easy. Mm-hmm. Like how, how do you reprogram? Like, and then because meditation, there's so many people that talk about this and there's more studies that are coming out. And, and I too am now in the practice of meditation still early on, but I see the benefits even in the small or brief amount of time that I've been able to practice. And so how do you get to a place where you're like, okay, I understand that there's something wrong and I need to 
I need to change, right? Mm -hmm. Identifying where you want to go and then closing that gap. Mm -hmm. But how you, you make it sound so easy. Like how, how do we like put a step, like a step-by-step -step plan together for somebody that is completely new to all of this personal development, completely new to the, even the mental health journey. Like yeah. What would you say to those people? Well, one, and I try not to mention like, Hey, you need to be fixed or something's wrong because we're all perfectly imperfect. Right. So we all have that going on. So it's just, what would you like to improve? Who's the person that you need to shed away and who are you trying to be? And so mm -hmm. I think first and foremost, you mentioned, right. Make a list of the things that you don't want in your life anymore. Is that certain thoughts? Is that certain feelings? Are you having habits? Okay. Get a clear intention on this isn't serving me. This isn't what I want. So, okay, there you go. Now you know that. Now, where do I want to go? Right. Is that, do I want to think a certain way? Do I want to feel a certain way? Do I want to have new habits? Do I want to be around certain people? Do I want to be a certain location in the world? Like get very specific and clear and detailed on both. What don't I want? What do I want? And then think about a time when you said, okay, you know, I always use like gym or eating well or whatever for an example. Think about the time where you're like, I'm going, you know, New Year's resolution. I'm going on that diet or I'm, I'm going to eat well. Okay. All right. So that means the old you wasn't eating very well and you want to get to eating well. Oh, we know how it goes. You step your toe in and you start eating well and you're good for a couple, couple weeks. And then all of a sudden life happens, right? You got busy. I didn't feel like it today. So-and-so's birthday. Now it's the weekend, Super Bowl. Okay. So then it all goes out the window. So identifying also what are going to be the barriers? What are your barriers, right? Is it the environment that's holding you back? People, places, things, time? Is it your body? The I don't feel like it. I'm too tired. The limiting beliefs, the impatience. And like knowing those ahead of time. So when you come up, so you have a clear intention of who you are, who you don't want to be anymore, who you do want to be. And also a very conscious awareness around the areas that are, have blocked you in the past from changing. And so when you step in and then that comes up by me talking about it to you and you writing it down, now you have this new little neurological network in your brain that says, Hey, Chris, you knew that self-limiting belief was going to come up, but because you're conscious and aware of it right now, you get a choice. You either go with it or you can try to do something new and by having a new thought and think, well, what in the world would it feel like to do opposite of that self-limiting belief? Well, maybe I'd make a choice to take a new action. And then all of a sudden that action was this new experience that your body gets to store. And it was like, that felt good. Um, yeah. That felt real good, right? Um, and now that sparks new thoughts again. So I say the clear intention around who you don't want to be, who you do want to be, understanding where you're at and then, and then applying energy to it and taking action on it, right? I get overwhelmed. I got all these ideas. And then mm. my one friend always told me is action dispels overwhelm. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, take an action right away in that moment. So I think all of those are like a good step, at least to give you an idea, because then when you go into meditation, especially if it's a guided meditation and they say, hey, bring up what your dream life would look like. Well, if I just say I want more money, well, that doesn't do me any good because I could give Chris a, another dollar and he would be like, well, that doesn't do me any good. I want more money. How much money? How much do you need? When do you need it by? What do you want it for? Why is it so important to you? Like the more specific you can get, the better. And so I think that's 
that's like a clear indication of getting you set up. So when you go into meditation, you have an idea, a clear intention. And then I like to relate it back to a feeling. We've all done something great in life. So let's say my, uh, maybe my intention in the past was to feel more confident. Well, there was times in my life where I felt confident. So by me remembering that, that means I can bring up that feeling. So when you match the intention with the feeling, now you're putting in the secret sauce to reprogram your body because it's not enough just to positive think. I can think positive all the time, but if I don't feel it, then what, what's it going to do for me? Well, I'm going to default right back. But the brain doesn't know the difference between a real life experience and the emotion created by it or an uh, emotion created through thought alone. So if I think confidence, you know, I can remember a time where I walked into this room and I felt so dang confident that I was just going to crush it. And I can keep telling my body that it's going to believe that that's what's going on. And then next thing you know, you start to become in your body's acting more confidently kind of on the inside without you ever even realizing it. Yeah. So long winded, but hopefully that's a little bit helpful. No, that's definitely helpful. That's the beauty of affirmations. All you're mm -hmm. doing is affirming yourself, your mind, your body sure. of exactly what you want to receive, right? The more we tell ourselves negative things, the more we receive negative things. Mm -hmm. But in the same token, the more we tell ourselves positive things, we begin to receive that. We begin to see that. Yeah. And I, I also take away with what you just said is, you know, what serves you and what doesn't serve you. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows exactly what's serving you in a positive way and what's serving you in a negative way. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have, we literally have to look in the mirror, which is difficult at times and mm -hmm. be honest and say, these habits, these people no longer serve me. Do I love myself enough to move away, mm -hmm. to make different changes, to make different decisions? Right. Oh yeah. That's, that's what I, that's what I heard and took away from what yeah. you said. Well, I think to your affirmation point is right. If you're always thinking negative thoughts, then you're going to see life in a negative perception. Same thing with grateful or uh, abundant type thoughts. And you, everybody's heard the idea of around where if you buy a red sports car, then all of a sudden you see more red sports cars around. And there wasn't any more. No one just went out and bought a hundred that day. It's just you're actually, your reticular, reticular activating system in the brain is programmed to see that. So if you are telling your mind, especially in meditation, when there's less information coming in, if you're telling your mind confidence, abundance, gratitude, like it's going to wake up and that's going to be the new lens that you look at. And you're going to be what was once right in front of you for years. All of a sudden you're like, this is so beautiful out today. And it's been five years since you ever said that. And it hasn't been changed any different. And you know what I mean? So I think that's a hundred percent true. And, you know, you start programming that you start to see new opportunities to see more possibilities. There's more light in your life and all of that starts to roll on because then if I have that energy or that vibe, right, people are going to notice that, you know, I mean, there's people who I've talked with and worked with and they're like, it was so weird. So-and-so just randomly came up and talked to me today at the gym and no one's came up and talked to me today in the gym in years. And I'm like, no, it's not weird. You just changed the way your energy was and that matches. There's a vibrational frequency, even though we can't see it. And I know at times everybody might think that's a little bit woo-woo, but there's science to prove it. And energy has no energy and frequency doesn't have any like boundaries. So just because we're virtually virtual, 
you can feel my energy and I can feel your energy, even though mm -hmm. some people might think, oh, that's kind of crazy. I beg to differ. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I learned that I could feel energy and put a name on it after I moved to Charlotte. And that's probably mm -hmm. the past few years that I've actually like understood what the heck I was feeling. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah. like, oh, this energy is not serving me right now. I'm going to remove myself from this environment. Right. Yeah. So it's, that's a, I'm glad you touched on that. That's very, I truly believe everyone is capable and has felt at times where that thing, that energy, where yeah. it was positive, where it's negative, but we didn't, we couldn't put a name on it. So we just either ignore it and go right into things that aren't serving us and aren't filling our cup. Or mm -hmm. we start asking ourselves questions. Why am I feeling like this? Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling like that around a group of people that I had been hanging out with for a few years. And it was always a good time. But there was this one time as I started working on myself and on this journey that I showed up and the energy I received was not the energy that I needed at that time. And so I was like, you know what, to make sure that I'm good and to protect myself, I'm not going back into that environment for X amount of time, whatever, whatever it was. And, and I didn't, I honestly didn't see them for probably a, a couple of years after that. But it's funny when you see them now, people are always like, man, like, how are you doing? You look good. You, you know, because you've been yeah. working on yourself, you've changed your your environment, which is going to change the trajectory of where you're headed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I feel you and I both probably get that right. We've had past selves and especially individuals who knew me in the past. They're like, man, you changed. And then and sometimes it can be like it almost can be like a dig at you. Like you changed. Like, why would you like, you change? And I'm like, that's what life's all about. Right. We're all changing. We're all adapting. Think if you and I never changed, well, we would be way behind the times because the world outside, the economy, everybody around us is changing. Things are changing nonstop. So if we're not changing, then we're going to stay the same. And then imagine Chris has this grandioso vision for his life. Well, if Chris has this grandioso vision for his life, but he's not willing to change himself, and he's just trying to change everything external to him, there's this gap between where you want to be and who you really are, and it's going to further and further get away. And that's going to further and further bring up ideas of overwhelm of, oh, I'm not there yet. you know. And I always look at it. I think a good analogy was I heard someone say, you're either in the stands commenting on what's going on, mentioning it, wishing and ooing and awing, or you're on the court playing the game. And I'll tell you what, it's equally as difficult to be on the court playing the game as it is to sit there and be overwhelmed ooing and awing and drooling over someone else's life. They both can be difficult, but if you're going to pick one, get on the court, play the game, take the action, because action over action is going to be that kind of progress step to get you where you want to be. And sitting in the stands playing and complaining or mentioning on how someone did so-and-so is only putting you, like, it's only reaffirming where you're at and you staying stuck. Yeah. So as we get close to wrapping up here, I have to ask this question because someone has brought this to my attention about some of the habits that I have. Yeah. And so I'm curious to see how you answer this, but 
do you love the process every single day? Do you love waking up and going to the gym every single day? Do you love mm-hmm. like everything that you are doing to become who you want to be? Or do you love the results enough to say, who cares how I feel about the process because I want the result? No, I enjoy the process. It's so funny to actually get introspective and see like the, see the blind spots that I was unaware to. And that, that in itself, so when I get to that point of whatever that result is, feels so much better because I've, I was just watching, I don't know if you saw it, Disney movie called Soul. I don't know if you watched it. If you haven't watched oh, it, you yes. got to watch it. Yes, but I've seen it. He gets to this end result and he feels empty. Well, that's because he didn't appreciate the process to getting to that result and all the great things that happened in it. And I just watched that for the first time. But to answer your question, you know, for a really long time, I was always focused on the result. Then I get a result. You know, I look at, and you and I can relate, corporate job, a lot of sales, a lot of money. Okay, I made a lot of money, but what's still missing? Wait, why is this missing? I have all this money in my bank account. I made more money than I ever made, and this is missing. And then when I realized I'm actually not enjoying the process, I'm not enjoying where I'm at, then that's why, because every result I would get, I would still feel empty. So it's the process of it, I feel, is the most like empowering. And it's, it's the, there's challenges and there's struggles, but there's also the good times. And I think those ebbs and flows really puts you puts things into perspective that uh, when that result gets there, it's more gratifying than if you just got the result without like even appreciating what you went through. I love that. Being present is, mm-hmm. is what I heard and what I'm taking away from that. Yeah. You know, um, because I know for me, I can tell you, I don't know that I necessarily always enjoy the process. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes for me, I get result focus, you know, but I do know that how I feel every day is much better now because of the habits that Mm -hmm. I've built opposed to the partying every weekend and this staying up late every night, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I, I may differ slightly, but I completely agree and understand with what you're saying as far as. When we're present and we learn to enjoy this process, we're going to enjoy and love the result regardless. Yeah. So it's switching that focus. I appreciate you challenging me on that too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's not always easy, right? We have our, everybody has their days and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm no exception. So it's um, just trying to, you're right, stay present and not worry about that worst case scenario or what happened to me yesterday is just stay in the moment and do what you can. And that's, that's going to be that progress, you know, time over time. And I think of it right as a mountain or a chart. There's no like straight upward growth. It's up a couple steps down, a few steps up, a few steps down. And that's, I guess that's life. Yeah, bro. I love this. I love this. So as we wrap up, I want you to finish a sentence for me. And then um, we're going to see where we can find you on social media. So finish this sentence for me. I am blank. I am always a work in progress. I feel like that's yeah. for sure, right? Knowing that I've come a long way and that's powerful and I'm proud of that, but also know that I get to create whatever I want and I still have a long way to go is gives me a little bit of both, right? The celebration of, wow, you did a lot and you've done a lot and that's great and I am proud of that, but also the sky's the limit. So 
not always forward focused, like you mentioned, and then always forgetting about all the great things that we've done because we've all done great things. So without that acknowledgement of what we've already done great, then it can be the future can be a little scary. So knowing that I always I am always a work in progress, but I also have created done a lot of work as well. Yeah, I love that, bro. Man, it's so awesome to have you on and to connect with you this morning. Um, where can people find you on social media and and learn all these tips and tricks that I know you post daily? Yeah, yeah. So best place is just Instagram, Pat Smith Wellness. I post on there a lot. If people are a little bit more professional, I do also utilize LinkedIn, and that's uh, linkedin.com slash patsmithwellness. Um, the other thing I just want to throw in is I – I'm also a consultant for a group called NeuroChange Solutions. It's run by Dr. Joe Dispenza. So if anybody's listening that's in a corporate environment and is looking to understand emotional intelligence, uh, stress regulation, and meditation and how that can expand their business, feel free to reach out to me or to Chris, and I'd love to share more information. Bro, absolute pleasure. Um, Appreciate it. You know, I love the journey that you're on and super, super grateful for for you just taking time out of your morning. So yeah, I really um, appreciate you having me. Yeah, bro. Anytime, anytime. (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in again. This is the mentally shredded podcast. Thank you all for being on this journey with us. We know this is a journey. So we hope that you are able to take something from this and apply it to your day to day lives. Until next time, we love y'all. Peace. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to give another huge thank you to our sponsor, Deck Leadership, for making this episode possible. If you thought of someone while you were listening, send this to them. We want as many people as possible to hear this message, improve their mental health, and know that they are not alone. Please leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening. And don't forget to tag us on Instagram at Mentally Shredded Podcast with your biggest takeaway so we can thank you for being part of this movement. Remember, together we can change the stigma. It takes all of us.